Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, DeForest Norskis, Poinette Pumas, and Lodi Blue Devils. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have the Sun Prairie Schools, Marshall, and Waterloo. Well, boys, we have officially made it. One whole year of doing this podcast because last year we started out this time and it was week one of last year and it is now officially week one this year as well too. Lots of exciting games on tap this weekend. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I could hardly get any sleep last night. I was just (laughs) bubbling with excitement over the possibility of, you know, August weather being, you know, fall football officially starting up, but... We did a little bit of some previews last week, so I don't know how much we want to go in-depth with it. But, uh, Peter, I do got to ask, though, we weren't able to touch on Lodi last week. Do you know yeah. more about the Lodi program to chat yeah, about it this you week? you know, uh, one thing I, I, I wasn't quite aware of, but they have a huge senior class. It's like 20, I think he said 23 or 25 oh, seniors geez. on that team. So, um, you know, and obviously uh, Mason Lane uh, leads the offense, dual, top, one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks uh, in the state. Maybe... More known for his running, probably. He's God. He's one of the toughest runners I, I think I've ever seen, especially from a quarterback position. Um, but they've also got uh, Kyler Clemens and Brady Pulls in the offensive backfield uh, back too. So uh, they've got uh, you know a, a, a big running game. Um, the offensive line returns four starters. Um, so, and a lot of those guys play two ways. So they've also got an attacking defense with Josh Klon, uh, Henry Keppen, and Isaiah Grosskop on the line. Those guys are also offensive linemen. So, uh, um, you know, big tough guys uh, there on both sides of the ball. Um, and then you got Pulls and Clemens at the outside linebacker, very strong there. And then they've got a strong secondary, too, where Lane plays, and then Paxton Krugman and uh, Zach Nyquist uh, are back there, too, uh, returning. And look out, I think, uh, and I think he's probably going to make more of an impact maybe at receiver than anywhere else, but look out for a state triple jump champ, Gavin Sargent, uh, to make an impact this year. And But they got a tough one right off the bat. They play Martin Luther tomorrow night. Metro Classic champs uh, nine and two last year. Um, they got uh, their uh, quarterback back from last year, Jake, uh, Jack Henry Strohmeyer, and then Kyle Moore, uh, their leading rusher as well. So um, that that'll be a tough, uh, t- tall order for them, especially going on the road. Yeah, it'll definitely be tough. But one thing for sure, at the Blue Devils, I'm sure they're definitely could be a potential contender for the Division Four. You know, playoffs and everything like yeah. that. I mean, they only got bounced by Catholic Memorial last year, yeah. and I still thought they played them pretty tough, too. The only so. problem is they got Columbus in the Capitals. <laughs> I had yep. them, the defending state champs, and with Colton Brunel back, uh, I think one of the state's best running backs. So yep. uh, that's going to be tough. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can get past Columbus this year. I don't think the Capitol will be as loaded. Obviously, when you have Lodi and Columbus, that's enough for everybody in the conference to yeah. be like, yeah, it's loaded. But mm-hmm. I think Lakeside, Luther, in Lake Mills, I was talking with some people that kind of know mm. a little bit of the program. The guy that writes for the papers down there, he was like, <laughs> they graduate a lot of seniors, so we'll have to mm. see what happens there. So maybe that yeah. makes things a little bit easier, but that Columbus game is going to be pretty yeah. fun once we get to that point. Ryan, how are things looking so far in your conferences? 
Um, Football-wise? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, what are you looking for for week one, I should say? Sorry, um, that was a terrible segment, yeah. my bad. <laughs> I was going to say, looking <laughs> conference-wise, like, uh, <laughs> uh, week one, I definitely have my eyes on the Marshall-Johnson Creek game. Um, last year, it was a 21-20 game, heading into halftime before Matthew Modell took over. He had over 300 off- offensive yards combined in that game, and I think three or four touchdowns. So there was just no stopping him before the injuries kind of started to lag him down last year. And Johnson Creek returned six guys that are on preseason watch lists for um, the WSN Senior Awards and a couple of other all-conference all guys back on top of that. So, you know, the Blue Jays are D7, but they are a very talented D7 team that should probably start the season ranked, if I, if I had to guess. But uh, Marshall didn't make um, – any, any top 10 ratings this year after winning the, the Eastern Suburban three years in a row and never le- never losing a conference game over that span. So, you know, they're a little pissed off, and, they're, and um, you know, they're breaking in a sophomore quarterback this year, Brady Kleinheitz, and so he's kind of getting thrown to the wolves right away. While Marshall does have a lot of good weapons around him and a great line in front of him, you know, they're, they're still going to have to throw the ball to beat Johnson Creek, and so definitely excited about that one, but... Outside of that, it's a lot of uh, a lot of repeats this year for Week One. Sun Prairie East is playing Monona Grove again. Sun Prairie West is playing Mass and uh, East again, and Waterloo's playing uh, Peck Argyle again. Um, you know, two of those games weren't even games last year. Sun Prairie beat or Sun Prairie East beat Monona Grove fifty-five to zero, and Waterloo beat Peck Argyle forty-two to zero last year. So, uh, you know, uh, Monona Grove should be more competitive this year, I would hope in the uh, in the East game, but. I think the Waterloo game is going to be about the same thing. And I'll be at uh, Sun Prairie West Mass and East tonight. And um, that one was a barn burner. That was, let me see, it was 42-33 last year. And, you know, so much emotion in that game, obviously, with it being Sun Prairie West's first football game ever. So, um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. They have Brady Rhodes back at quarterback, Ian Ackley back running the ball. They should be able to put up points on these guys. But, you know, the question is, is, is the defense a little bit more improved this year to not let you know, one of the worst teams in the Big 8 put up 33 on you. Yeah, absolutely. So then is that Marshall-Johnson Creek game on Friday then? Or? That's on Friday, yeah. Okay. Mm. So I'm yeah, assuming so I'm, you're going to that one. Yeah, then. double duty this yeah, week. Yeah, double duty for <laughs> me and you. So, Peter, you don't have any games on Thursday uh, No Thursday week. games, yeah, no. Yeah, so a, well, enjoy, enjoy the night That's off right. then, I guess. That's right. Man, lucky you. <laughs> relax. I mean, you were out at the golf course. Uh, yeah, I had to get up early morning, so. to, go, uh, to go watch some golf this morning. Yeah, so, so you know, bless your soul for doing that. But, yeah, I will be at that Monona Grove versus Sun Prairie East game tonight. Like uh, Ryan said, I do think it'll be a little bit more competitive matchup uh, when I talked with Coach Beckwith uh, at the uh, when I was doing my preseason write up on the Silver Eagles. Uh, he had mentioned in that game that was like a lot of first year varsity experience for a lot of those guys. Now a couple of those guys will be returning, and I think with not having that three headed monster, I know you said in your preview last week of the Sun Prairie Cardinals, you know, hey. The storyline might be they don't have that three-headed monster, but, you know, keep an eye out for the starters this year. I don't want to fall into that trap, but also, too, I feel like with, you know, with how much of a gap it was last year, I feel like that gap's probably going to close a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if Sun Prairie East won just because it's such a dominant program, but I think Monona Grove would definitely put up a fight for that. So excited to see what the Silver Eagles do there with, you know, returning rusher, most of the offensive line coming back in wide receiver room. That's pretty well packed so looking forward to that and also to what you mentioned with the Sun Prairie uh, West defense as well too how the Silver Eagles are going to be able to handle a lot of graduations there will be kind of interesting but I think that'll be a solid game then also to a game that I'm going to on Friday because like I like Ryan double dipping here Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm going to McFarland versus Mount Horeb. Originally was going to be that at, should be a great game. Yeah, I was originally mm. going to be at Deerfield versus Dodgeland, but luckily I had a photographer there in the area. So then I was like, hmm, where do I go? Had a photographer in the Cambridge area. So I was like, well, shoot, I don't have anybody in the McFarland area, <laughs> so let's get the Spartans some love as well, too. And that should be an excellent game as well, too. And also I, Deerfield's going to beat the snot out of Dodgeville anyway, so not like you need to be there for that one. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I don't want. I'll let you voice that opinion. Yeah, I'll voice that opinion. That new rule, guys, Oof. is we enter year two of the podcast. We don't have to make any bold claims about our teams, but everybody else can make bold claims about other people's. There teams. we go. I like so that. that yeah. way, like you know, the media guy doesn't have to go and be like, "Oh, thanks for shooting your yeah. mouth off." This yeah. Now that we've got that straightened around, but anyway, yeah, McFarland versus Mount Horeb should be a really fun game. It was a really fun game last year. Uh, when the Spartans went up to Mount Hora, there was a lightning delay, I think, in that one because it was week one. And it came down to, like, a rushing touchdown with, like, 20 seconds left. I believe it was Trenton Owens of the Vikings got in to give the Vikings the eventual win. And I think the Spartans and Vikings will go back and forth in this one as well, too. Uh, they do return some guys on the preseason watch list as well, too, kind of like what you mentioned a little bit with that Johnson Creek game. Uh, Mount Horeb does, but McFarland, you know, they've got some pieces back as well, too. Braylon Roeder uh, at quarterback, and then also, too, I want to see this this offense. It should be high-flying with a couple of guys, you know, from the 4 by uh, 200 state champion teams, Andrew Kelly and Remy Burns out there. I think Hayden Harrison has the potential to be a really strong wide receiver as well, too. He plays on the baseball team, so I'm kind of excited to see this aerial attack uh, of the Spartans and how they just use their speed to just get away from everybody else. Because when you got a sprinter and Andrew Kelly who is getting second at state, you know that's a pretty easy guy to be like, eh, I'll throw him the ball and see what happens. <laughs> so should be an exciting game there, and yeah, should be back and forth. But honestly, if I wasn't going to that McFarland versus Mount Horrible game, I think I would want to really go to that Marshall versus Johnson Creek game. Like oh, yeah. you said, that should be a barn burner and something about you know those good small town teams. It's just. Like I said, it's going to be a barn burner, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, it's going to rule. Yeah, and so then uh, with week one, we'll probably touch on, you know, all the things that happen next week for week one and then also get into stuff for week two as well, too. Well, I would give you another option for Friday Night Cal, DeForest oh. and Wanakee. Oh, yes, I almost forgot about rivalry. that. Peter, I almost completely, <laughs> I almost completely <laughs> stiff-armed you there on I that know. one. Thank God you <laughs> Interjected. All the people at, listening at home are like, "What about Wanakito Forest?" <laughs> right. Exactly. Shows I did no prep for this coming on, but yeah, talk about that. Sh- yeah. Should be a fun battle. It should be. At. Both teams have to replace uh, quarterbacks from last year, who were two of the better ones in the state. Uh, Mason Keys for DeForest and Garrett Lenzendorf for Wanakee. Um, both teams, you know, have a lot of interesting pieces coming back. Uh, you know, Wanakee, especially in the receiving core with tight end Robert Booker, big target, smooth runner, soft hands. And then you got DeForest Jackson Aquarty is coming on, getting some uh, a lot of attention from college recruiters. But you also have another tight end, second team all conference pick a year ago, Tucker Grundall. So, um, who was ever quarterbacking DeForest has some real targets to throw to, including Max Mitchell. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And then uh, for Wanakee, you want to talk a deep threat, you got David Emmerich to throw to uh, uh, a little uh, a littler guy, probably about 5'9", but uh, fast. And he, he runs great routes and gets behind people. So, um, And then if, if line play is your, uh, is your thing, uh, <laughs> both teams have strong lines uh, with Wanakee bringing back um, Sam Lane, uh, Will Lenick, and Nate Olson. 
And uh, DeForest could have a really good line this year. Um, uh, Dane Schmidtneck and uh, Chris Everhart are back, and uh, Schmidtneck is a is a big dude, uh, and uh, he's a road grader. So, um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then uh, DeForest has to replace uh, star running back Hale Drinka, who uh, was really good two years ago. Suffered some injuries last year, um, but still kind of came on. Uh, you know, helped spur that late season run by DeForest, where they reeled off seven straight wins. Um, but you got Wanakee coming off a 11 and one campaign where they won the Badger Large, got to level three of the playoffs. Dorsky's finished up seven and four, got to level two where uh, they lost to Sun Prairie East, 56 to 21. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, both teams have like a handful of starters back on both offense and defense, but uh, they're also looking to replace some key pieces. So um, it, that's going to be an interesting game. I, I, it was a barn burner last year. Wanakee got off to a, a good sized lead. But DeForest made it a game late. It was a one-score game, and they had the ball. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And if you really want to dig into that Wanakee team, you should really pick up the Wanakee Tribune this week because I put out a <laughs> Wanakee football preview section, which goes over the defense, offense, special teams, looks over the conference. You got the roster there. You got photos. It's an extravaganza. It sounds plug. like you did a lot of work for it as well, too. I did. Like, I did. Hey, <laughs> I put in the work. Enjoy <laughs> That's this. right. <laughs> Same oh. thing's going in the Sun Prairie Star this Friday. So. <laughs> Man, I, it's also a Cambridge Deerfield. I feel bad for that one because I had a bunch of space going into the paper, and then they're like, hey, we forgot to put the spring or the fall sports schedule in there. So I went from having a bunch of paper <sighs> to a bunch of small paper, so I had to kind of trim up those previews. Uh, so definitely go check them out online, though, or check out the special section for it. Uh, as well, too, I believe it's in the Jefferson County Daily Union. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. it's you do a little bit of searching for it, you'll find it. Also, too, uh, where does Poinette uh, head to this week? Poinette uh, has got a tough one uh, to start the year. They traveled to Cambria Friesland. It was 12-1 and last year, champions of the Trailways Conference. They had 2,000-yard rushers last year, Trevor Kruger and Isaac DeYoung, and both are back. And Carter Drews rushed for more than 500 yards. I think he's back, too. So um, they rushed for an average of about 250 yards a game. Uh, Poinette coming off a tough year, 2-7 and seven overall, 1-6 and six in the South Central in their first year in that conference. They've got a spread offense. Uh, they got Jackson Geithner back uh, to lead both sides of the line. He had 53 tackles last year, 8 for loss. And you got Avery O'Day uh, uh, leading the uh, secondary um, on defense. Uh, he had five picks last year, second-team all-conference pick. So, um, you know, there's some reason for optimism with uh, Poinette. They, they've got to come up with a new quarterback. Hunter uh, Borgen is gone. But, um, you know, uh, they, it'll be interesting to see. But, man, they <laughs> – the schedule is doing them no favors to start off the year. Yeah, that's that joke. Yeah, having to face a Trailway South team is definitely uh, a Trailways team is definitely a tough battle. But I will say for all the people up in Point at that are like, hey, where are the optimism at? Cambria Friesland had a bunch of one score games last year. I think it mm. was they had like seven games or something like that get decided mm. by one score. So hey, could be a really exciting game. Maybe Cambria <laughs> Friesland just likes to keep it close and then. They yeah, they didn't away. have it. They didn't seem to have an overwhelming statistical advantage over everybody. So yeah, yeah they're just winners. They just found ways to win. Mm-hmm. God, I for, so I forgot Wanakee, DeForest, and Poinette. I almost <laughs> forgot to talk about Cambridge and I guess Deerfield as well too. So Cambridge has got new glares for Monticello. Past two years, uh, the Blue Jays have opened up against Belleville. 
Uh, and that's been tough for them because I think they've gotten outscored like 100 to like 10 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Belleville's offense has been insane the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. So this year they get New Glarus Monticello, but that should be a good, um, exciting offensive battle because both quarterbacks return. And uh, Max Marty, I believe, is up for the Dave Craig Award for New Glarus. Kind of seems like a dual threat. Uh, led the team in passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns as well, too. Cambridge gets back Matt Buckman, uh, who is uh, – honorable mention all conference and then also as a punter as well too no yeah i think he was second he was all conference as both quarterback and punter as well Mm -hmm. too so should be a good exciting battle there and i think also too uh both teams uh kind of struggled a little bit last year so a little bit on the younger side uh obviously new glares had to go through that brutal brutal capital conference so (laughs) i'll have to see how they fare against the blue jays this year and it's kind of cool when you have you know a non-conference football game, but those kids know each other pretty well because, you know, they play conference with them in every other sport. So I'm sure there's probably going to be some crossover with some kids on the basketball team that know each other and mm. baseball team. So, yeah, New Glarus is always a pretty tough out in the capital south, so I expect them to be a tough out in non-conference as well, too. And then for Deerfield and Dodgeland, while my colleague Ryan Gregory may have just disrespected the entire Dodgeland program, I do think I'll do it Deer- again. I think Deerfield's <laughs> going to get a win to start off the year. They've won the past two times against Dodgeland, uh, and I think Dodgeland might be struggling with numbers because I think they tried going down to eight man football, but that request mm. got denied, yep. which kind of has to suck if yeah. you're a coach. Like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Deerfield, you know, they got to find a way. Uh, see how Austin Anderson's going to fare. Uh, after Tommy Lease graduated, and they have to kind of mix in some pieces, but they still return a bunch of guys from last year. Uh, they beat Dodgeland pretty good last year, but I think it'll maybe be a little bit closer to two year ago, two years ago score, uh, where Deerfield won by a possession or two, kind of had to pull away late at the end. So not anticipating a complete blowout yet. I'll be pleasantly surprised if it is, but it wouldn't shock me if Cambridge and Deerfield both start off the year one and zero. And then get to head into a rivalry week two matchup one and zero with the potential to go with two and zero in conference play. So yeah, Dodgeland and and Palmyra Eagle have got to be pretty thrilled that they're getting moved out of the Eastern Suburban starting mm-hmm. next fall because um, there is just a difference in numbers. There's a difference in competitiveness there that they just can't quite keep up with. Yeah, I think Palmyra Eagle will be a little bit better this year. It just again, I, I know we've they were cha- super young last year. I yeah. know we've chatted with like the Eastern Suburban that race that could be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, really the only team like I think basically every team except for Dodgeland, sorry, uh, has a chance to win that conference. Like you could no, make not a case. Palmyra, not uh, Horicon, but everybody else. <laughs> Why do you have to disrespect every Wisconsin program? <laughs> Listen, right? man, Mark Azan doesn't really have a shot either. But really, no, they're, right. they're starting uh, six six sophomores and two freshmen on offense. Okay, so it's uh, it's going to be the Tyler Mass show and a bunch of toddlers. All right, well, <laughs> Ryan Gregory well, coming in with a lot of well, edge we'll to today. See what what can I say? I would love I get fired up about football. <laughs> I would love it though if Palmyra Eagle won the Eastern Suburban. Was like, yeah, we were listening to the Cap City Sportscast, and while Callahan C was trying to give everyone some optimism, Ryan Gregory was just bulletin board material. <laughs> yeah, destroying us a new one. So it should be it should be an exciting time. We gotta see, like we can do all this chat, but we gotta see how all these teams go out and put, put on right. the pads and go out on the football field. So we'll have to see what happens. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's going to be an exciting year to watch as I just banged my elbow on the chair. That kind of hurt. I don't know if you guys heard that thud. We're also recording in the uh, office today instead of Sun Prairie Media Center because we want to get these podcast episodes out right away. 
for when you take those long trips to, you know, Martin Luther, maybe yeah. a short trip over to, is it at Johnson Creek or Marshall? It's at Marshall. It's at Marshall. All right, so never mind that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we're excited to see what happens for the football year. Obviously, we're going to be a little bit heavy on football, but we still want to chat a little bit about, you know, fall season as well, too, and all the fun storylines that are happening there. That's definitely something where you go check out the um, newspapers and the online stories just because we're not going to have enough time to chat about that. But I thought it would be fun, though, to kind of get your guys' thoughts on what's kind of your big storyline or thing you're keeping an eye on for this fall season for your schools. Could be anything in particular. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, just looking at the, the start of the season, um, the DeForest girls golf team is off to a strong start. They won their first two, uh, first two meets. And they're being led by a freshman, Abigail Henriksen. Um, so look out for her. Uh, she had a great junior year this summer uh, in junior, on the junior tour. So, um, so she's looking really good. I think the uh, DeForest Boys cross-country team has designs on a conference title. Um, they bring back the conference champion individually, uh, Elijah Pavon. So, um, and they've got a lot of uh, other guys back too. The uh, DeForest girls have uh, two state qualifiers back as well. So I think they, they have, uh, you know, real high hopes for the season. I think Wanaki is going to be real strong again too. But um, uh, so I think those are kind of the storylines I'm going to be uh, watching. And then also too, you anticipate uh, Poinette Portage uh, boys soccer to be pretty solid as well too. I, yeah, I caught I, a little glimpse of that in the paper. Yeah, I think they should be better. You know, they uh, they really did make some strides last year. Um, had a tough year in the conference, which is a tough one for them uh, being in the Badger West. But they finished ten and fourteen overall. Uh, whereas the, you know, I can't remember what their record was the previous season, but I think they only had maybe two or three wins. So um, so they are looking to take a step forward this year. Uh, they get uh, one of their guys back, um, one of their uh, top flight offensive uh, attackers. Um, so he, he struggled with a lot of injuries last year, but he had, he had a lot of points in, a, in not too many appearances. So, um, yeah, so look for Poinette to maybe be a little better. We'll, we'll see how Lodi operates, too. They've been try, trying to build that program, too. So, and in fact, I think they, they, get, they take on each other. Like uh, It's either a first or second match of the season. So. All right, we'll be looking forward to that. And, yeah, I think just uh, with uh, Portage and Poinette going to the Badgers small, like the whole conference getting yeah. realigned to the Badgers small, I think we'll definitely help them out. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit tough with McFarland coming in there. Yeah. Um, that's definitely not like a small team. It, but it, I think it, they lose Oregon, don't they? Yeah. yeah. yeah so I don't think, that's yeah. not a bad trade-off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's going to be wild for girls' soccer when that rolls around, but I'll chat about that for spring. But, yeah, I guess for my whole thing is how McFarland's going to handle this move to the Badgers small. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of good competition. I was just chatting with uh, McFarland volleyball coach Tommy Moriarty, and he said, you know, last year when we were in the Rock Valley, it was really, I think it was a three-way tie between McFarland, Broadhead, and Whitewater. Ended up uh, all, like, tying for the conference title. And he said, you know, Broadhead gave us a push, but this year when we go to the Badgers small, Edgewood, you know, knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Stoughton, I think, beat them in sweat camp leagues or something like that. Um, and then Sauk Prairie is a pretty strong team. So it's one of those things where all these teams are moving, 
I expect them to be good, but also, too, like, the competition level steps up. And I think that's just going to be better for everybody. Iron sharpens iron is what I always like to say. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how McFarland handles that and how Monona Grove also handles, you know, heading to the Badger Large as well, too. But I think they'll be all right because yeah. it's Monona Grove. Ryan, you got anything you want to chat? You know, it's, uh, this fall is going to be so excited for all Marshall Waterloo Courier enjoyers because, <laughs> man, those two teams are at the top of two of the three sports that they competed in the fall. I think it's going to be between Marshall and Waterloo for the Eastern Suburban in football. And it's going to be between Marshall and Waterloo for the Capital South in volleyball. Super fired up about how those two teams are going to compete this year. Obviously, Waterloo is back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back conference champions, only losing two conference games over that time. They're one of the best small school volleyball programs in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, But, you know, they they bring back four all-conference selections from last year, Tess Blundell, Brenna Huebner, uh, uh, Ali Fitzgerald, Bree Lowersdorf, a lot of names that you know. But, you know, Marshall has a lot of talent back this year, too. That front row is going to be terrifying for them with first-team all-conference Kirsten Hull, second-team all-conference Emily Broadbeck, uh, McKenna Berg-Krogman, a Lakeside Lutheran transfer, played really well for them last year. Uh, uh, Kennedy Weisensell in the back row, um, setter Kate, uh, Kate Lazenski, and this crop of freshmen that I was out of their practice last night that do not look like freshmen. These girls look like juniors or seniors. They are they have varsity size already, and Coach uh, Christina Schreiber tells me, you know, they're, they're ready and they're going to be filling major roles for the varsity as well. So this really fun mix of, you know, experience and youth in this team. You know, it's been a long time since Marshall's been, you know, highly competitive in volleyball. It's It's been a, a slow rise these last couple of years. They went from two two conference wins two years ago to six last year, and now they think they're in position to challenge for it. But, you know, that will never be easy when you have to go up against the Waterloo Pirates. Uh, Waterloo was undefeated in conference play last year, and while they do lose Sophia Schneider, who was the conference player of the year back-to-back and, you know, was one of the one of the better area volleyball players last year, uh, still a lot of uh, still a lot in the cupboard for, for uh, Waterloo as they break in a new head coach. So, you know, just so many – different variables going on this year that I'm super looking forward to the volleyball showdown, both of them between Marshall and Waterloo this season. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Then also, too, for Peter and I, we were at the ballpark on Sunday because we had a couple of home talent teams vying for a shot to get into the uh, Final Four, and each one of our teams advanced, and we had one get knocked out. So, yeah, yeah, it looks like Wanakee going to the – uh, representing the northern section, Final I believe. Four. Yeah, uh, Wanakee, uh, known as the Local Nine, but also known as the Yaks, I've come to uh, find <laughs> out this year, which I, I like that better. I, I, like I the love the Yaks, yaks so yeah. much more, That's too. That's so good. <laughs> I love that. But this is the first time they've made the Final Four since 2003. Wow. So um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, they've really had an injection of, uh, of youth um, the last couple of years. That's really made a big difference. A lot of those Wanakee uh, high school players have, uh, have transitioned to uh, the home talent league. Uh, Jeff Thomason had three RBIs, uh, I believe, against Sock Prairie. Um, they beat uh, Sock Prairie on the road 6-3, to three, which if you've ever been at Sock Prairie, uh, park it's a really beautiful park oh, yeah. got a great grandstand yeah though, man but uh anyway i think i mentioned that last year because they played there but uh ryan uh, and jared fuger have really made an impact at the plate um you know jared uh a, a college uh a player at st louis 
I'm not sure if Ryan did, but uh, Blake Bieri is uh, kind of their leading pitcher. But uh, Andy Nordlow um, really closed things out against Sock Prairie. He was the Badger East uh, Player of the Year this spring. Um, more mostly known for his bat, uh, playing third base. Um, he, but he uh, came in as a reliever and tossed two and a third scoreless innings despite walking five. <laughs> but he, he but he allowed only one hit so we'll take uh, it yeah so it'll be interesting uh there there were he was in trouble both those late innings but he got out of it so uh they host uh cal's monona team on sunday yeah the, uh monona got past the forest in wet soggy conditions at a uh, um oscar park uh in monona and the re- and the reason why i mentioned that is because that kind of had a big play in one of the, you know monona's big innings where uh, Monona was able to score three runs on uh, three separate wild pitches. Uh, DeForest had brought in a left-hander that had, it seemed like kind of a sweeping slider almost a little bit. And unfortunately, with throwing those in kind of those, you know, wet conditions, we're able to skip back to the backstop a couple times. So Monona gets the win there. They also took down Sun Prairie. So, you know, a good mix of, you know, pitching and hitting. The hitting's definitely been there, but it seems like pitching's really come down as of late. Uh, going from Sam Lund, a former Division One uh, arm, to Zach Najak, one of the oldest members of the Braves, but still pitches uh, pretty great for them. And so they advance to the Final Four. Also, too, they have a couple of Monona Grove baseball kids, so like your Mac Vesperman, Shaxon Hewitt, Miles Nelsons, Dom Najak is on that team as well, too. So a good mix of uh, youth and experience. And then also Cambridge, unfortunately, got knocked out by Jefferson, but that really wasn't too much of a shocker just because Jefferson uh, has a bunch of great pitching as well too so uh, a good fun year for the blues and also too i'm excited to see what happens with monona and wanakee as well too in the final four as well too that'll be fun yeah it should be an exciting time all right that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the cap city sports cast hope everyone has fun at their friday night lights debuts for my colleagues ryan and peter my name is callahan steed and we will see you next time thank you